We're about to jump into part two of our Go Green series. And if you weren't here last week, we, we're taking three weeks to get spiritually healthy. Sometimes all of us get a little bit off track. We get a little bit off kilter. And so uh, some of us many times are going to need these reminders. Some of us are only going to need them occasionally. But, but I think all of us need it from time to time. Just a reminder, you know what? We need to hit the reset button and get right spiritually. What I believe very strongly is that anything that's healthy will grow. If I'm a healthy believer, I'm growing in my walk with God. If we're a healthy church, we're growing both, both in our quality of our walk with God and growing and reproducing and making new disciples. Uh, so we should be growing. And, and so we're taking some time to get healthy. And so one thing we introduced last week for you is a reading plan. Uh, we, we're reading through the book of John, which is 21 days long. It's 21 days in a three-week series. I know a lot of you guys have jumped on board with this. I know some of you maybe weren't here last week or maybe were here and, and had good intentions but didn't follow through. Um, the great thing about it is this. You're seven days behind if you didn't start, uh, which is not that bad. It's one chapter a day. You can read two chapters a day and catch up before next Sunday and be right on board. But if you're on track, we're reading John chapter 8 today. So Thursday night, we we have a staff meeting, is what we call it. It's a meeting for our our different department directors, our Kid City director, which is Naomi, our 662 youth pastor, which is Pastor Bo. Worship director, which is Jimmy, uh, Leonard, who's our mission OB, outreach director, Bobby, who's over our first impressions team. And so we meet uh, weekly through the summer just to plan things for the church, to get things together. And so at this meeting Thursday night, I said, you know what, Let, let's push back from our strategy and our planning. Let, let's do our reading plan for the night. Let's read together and, and see what God is speaking through John. It was chapter five on Thursday. So we read John chapter 5, and then I just kind of opened it up. What, what did God speak to you? And Naomi had grabbed a specific verse, and, and she begins to share what, what she thought this verse was saying to her. And it was really cool and, and really good and, and exciting because it was the same verse that had jumped out to me. And so then I kind of shared what I was getting out of it. And then Jimmy's sitting over here on the side with like this, this just big old grin on his face. And if you don't know Jimmy, uh, Jimmy is the nicest person at City Church. Uh, he is the person who will make you feel good about yourself. He's just got that gift and it's genuine uh, and natural, but he's gonna make you think you're the funniest person, you're the smartest person, you're the most interesting person. Like he just has this way about him. And so I'm thinking he's just building this up. You know, he's feeling what I'm saying. He's feeling what Naomi's saying. And so I asked him, I said, okay, Hey, Jimmy, what's up with this? With this? And he said, well, he said, I'm going to cheat. He said, I actually preached on this passage six years ago, back in 2010. Uh, and so this very verse that we were talking about, he starts pulling out these three points. And he's like, here's what we got to do. And we got to do this. And we got to do this. And we got to do this. And, and it was awesome. And it got me fired up. And it was encouraging. And it was so cool just to see the value of being in the word of God and opening God's word together and allowing us to speak into each other's life. But what was amazing about it is is I didn't think it was a coincidence because this message that he begins to unpack for us was absolutely 100% exactly what we're talking about with Go Green. It's how to get healthy. And I said, you know what, Jimmy? Well, I guess he corrected me first service. I thought I asked him. Apparently, I told him, Jimmy, you're preaching Sunday. Uh, And then I asked him if he'd be up for it. Uh, And so Jimmy uh, graciously accepted that opportunity. And I I just put on what what I had prepared for today. We're putting it on hold because I think that Jimmy has the word of God for us for today. Um, So I'm going to ask you guys to lean in, to take notes, to to open your heart and your mind to receive from John chapter 5 and what my great friend Jimmy Fulp has to say. So would you welcome him with me? All right. All right. 
uh so yeah we were uh so we were meeting thursday night and uh uh, we started talking about John 5, and, and it blew my mind last week when we kicked off the uh, reading through John, the book of John, uh, because back in about, I want to say 2007, 2008, uh, our lead pastor at the time was Jason Delgado, and he took uh, myself and three other guys and took us through the book of John one chapter a week and showed us how to how to read the Bible and apply it. To our lives and man it just cracked cracked it wide open for me and uh so when i heard we were going through john the book of john it just uh, got me fired up i had chill bumps and i actually had them thursday night too so i was like yes uh but uh but yeah so like like pt said this is uh something that i i i actually gave uh this the same message back in 2010 but uh hey we believe in the re-preach here at city church so uh so uh Horns up for the re-preach, right? Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, we're in uh, uh, Go Green, a message called Go Green. We're going to talk today about three ways to get healthy. And just like PT said, we're, uh, we were in uh, John 5, John chapter 5. And, man, what I'd like to do is just, just kind of read through verse 1 through 15. And kind of kind of set it up for us, and then we'll we'll begin to dig in and and and, and break it down. So if you just want to, if you grab your Bible, if you have it, John chapter five. If not, we're going to have the the screens um, showing the verses for you. So uh, it starts off. It says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word that it's alive and that it speaks to us just right where we're at, Father God. And we just, uh, we thank you for this word today and uh, and how all this unfolds, God. And I just, uh, we just put it into your hands and, and I just pray that I move out of the way and, and that your words would speak today. Uh, may we give you all the honor, all the glory and all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so so basically what's happened here is a miracle goes down at this pool. There's a miracle that happens at this pool in Bethesda. Now, as we said earlier, we're having a pool party for uh, five Sundays, excluding Father's Day. Uh, uh, today, two to five, we had one last week so at our house. So we have a pool at our house, and, 
and I uh, look forward to having everybody there today. And we actually had a miracle happen at our pool once. Somebody cleaned it besides me. Uh, no, but seriously, we had a second miracle. Uh, Ashton, my son, who's 12, he, uh, he was, he, he, at the time, I believe he was about four years old. And I was doing something near the pool, and he was walking around. And I just picked him up from school, so he had his school clothes on. And all of a sudden, I heard splash. And I look up, and we didn't know at that point if he could swim or not, right? Because he's, you know, four years old, and it was summer was just starting. So he begins to dog paddle, and he's swimming over to the edge. And I, I, so I reach down, I pull him out, and I'm sure he's thinking I'm going to be mad because he fell in the pool and he's all wet in his clothes. But I was like, man, you were swimming, you know? It's a miracle, right? So anyway, there's our uh, folk, the real folk miracle at the pool. So for your uh for your pleasure there right uh so back to uh to john chapter five uh you know we'll kind of dig into to to these kind of verse by verse uh and 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 dig in here and see what what's going on so if we go back to uh verse one sometime later jesus went up to jerusalem for one of the jewish festivals now there is in jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool which in aramaic is called bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, in most versions, um, most translations, uh, verse 4 is left out. I think you can see on the screen here where it says 4, and then you got the little brackets, there's just a B, like a footnote. But now if you, if you pull this up in the King James Version, uh, it's actually, verse 4 is actually in the KJV, uh, but it's left out of the other ones. Uh, so I, I really believe we need to pull this one in to get some context as to, uh, as to what's going on and kind of set the stage to see why things are happening here. So verse 4, King James Version says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So these angels would come down, stir the waters up. First one in gets the, gets the blessing. First one gets healed. What does the great theologian Ricky Bobby say? If you're not first, you're last, right? So anyway, they, uh, you know, so the angels come down, they stir the water up. First one in gets the blessing. Everybody else, they're still laying around. There's all these, you know, the the lame, the blind, the paralyzed. They're just kind of laying around waiting on the blessing. They're not really doing anything. They're just kind of hanging out and waiting to be blessed. Uh, So, you know, if you create an environment where someone can be healed and you have someone that believes they can be healed, somebody's getting a healing. Amen. So we create this environment, the person's going to believe it, this person's going to get healthy, this person's going to be healed. Now, when, he, when he, we read that verse 4 and it says that the water was stirred, uh, man, we can begin to dig into this. And in Greek philosophy, water was believed to be the original substance that all things were made from. And we can see this supported in the, in the Bible in Second Peter um, 3, 5 through 6, it says, For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, 
the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. So one of the things that water represents in the Bible is life. And so to get healthy, it shows in here that that God has to stir. The first thing that needs to happen is God's going to stir the water up. God's going to stir something in your life, right? God's going to stir up something in your heart, some type of conviction or some type of, uh, a, hey, hey, something's got to go. Something needs to change here. Um, so I can, I can think back to... Uh, in 2013, and I know I bring this story up a lot, and PT, I remember a few weeks ago was uh, laughing at the way that uh, that I say cancer, when I had throat cancer, right? Uh, you know, I was sidelined for quite a while, uh, as you know, as, if you don't know, I'm, I'm part of the worship team here, and so normally I'm out there during this time and up here during worship, so this is kind of a a role reversal, but during that time, I was I was out. I, I had a you know surgery. I went through radiation. Voice was kind of shot. So as I began to to come back, I was like, hey, I'll I'll play drums or or maybe I'll play guitar a little bit. And uh, but I had this fear that my voice wasn't going to come back, and and it kind of b- began to you know take over. And, and keep me sidelined. I was still going to be on on the sidelines or hanging out at the pool, so to speak. And God began to stir something inside of me that made me want to get back on this team in a bigger way and begin to, you know, more of a leadership type role and, and leading songs and, and to begin to sing. So I had to get over that hump. God had to stir something in my life. He's got to stir something up in our lives in order for us to want to really get healthy. Um, so now we move on to verse six. It says, uh, when Jesus saw him lying there, talking about the man that's been there for 38 years and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, Someone else goes down ahead of me. Someone else is getting his blessing. Someone's getting in his way of, of, of getting healthy, of getting healed. So 38 years, this guy's been laying there. And Jesus comes up and he asks this important question. Man, it's so important to, to answer this, especially not just to Jesus or to this, at this point, he doesn't know it's Jesus. But not just to this person, but really to himself do I want to be healed? And, and maybe in our lives, you know, there's, there's certain things that we have that we want to get healthy. We want to, we want to get away from, right? We want to be healed from, uh, do I want to be healed? Do I want to stop smoking? Do I want to get off drugs? Do I want to stop looking at porn? Do I want a great marriage? Do I want a deeper relationship with God? Do I want to be healthy and be healed? And if we do, if we really truly want to get healthy and, and we want to follow God's blueprint that he's, that he's laid out here in, in chapter 5, the first step that we have is you have to want. We have to want it. He asked the man, do you want to be healed? And there's a difference when we look at 
the need and the want. You know, a need is something you have to have it to survive. It's something you can't do without. But a want has to do with something you desire, something that your heart wants, right? Something you desire. You don't necessarily need it, but you want it. But you cannot help someone that doesn't want to be helped. So Jesus comes along and he asks the man, do you want to get well? You know, and, and the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But Chuck Norris can. He can lead the horse to water and make the horse drink, right? Well, we're not Chuck Norris, you know? We're just normal, everyday human beings. And a person will not change until they're ready to change. It doesn't matter how much you want them to change or how right you think that you are about this negative behavior they have and how it's affecting them until someone reaches is the state that, man, this change is needed and wanted, they're going to keep repeating that same behavior. And it may take hitting rock bottom before they accept the fact that they need to change their life. And it kind of reminds me of the, this kid, I can't remember his name, but we were in elementary school together, and he had this thing with electrical outlets, and he liked to stick the, uh, he liked to take those uh, paper clips and, and, and straighten them out. And, try and stick him in the, in the power outlets until he got shocked, right? <laughs> and then he's like, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. And I can't remember seeing him do that since that day as we were growing up. And, and later on in life, you know, a little more, more serious note here is I had a, a friend who, who struggled with, with alcohol, and, and he did for years. And he got to a point where he didn't have a house. He was homeless. He was living out of his car, and it killed me. I was like, man, you know, come and stay at my house for a while. We're going to get you on your feet. But I've got one condition. You know, I've got kids, and, and I, you know, and alcohol obviously is is causing a lot of your pain here. You can't have you – can't, you can't be drinking. And he was like, okay. And then, you know, sad story is, you know, I caught him. Caught him coming back, you know, drinking. And the, the good news is he, he's, he's doing great today. But he had a point where he had to reach rock bottom on his own before he would say, hey, I want to change this. I want to get better. I want to get healthy. So then uh, we, if we look on uh, verse 8, it says, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. So if we look at that, we can see that our second point of getting healthy, the second thing that we need to do in this blueprint we have kind of mapped out here is you have to walk. You got to want it, and then you got to walk. And this guy hasn't walked for 38 years. He's been laying there, you know, for 38 years, and he can't walk. He's been waiting to get into this pool. So the first thing that this man that Jesus, this man, but he doesn't know it's Jesus yet, tells him to do is something that he can't do. I hey, don't you hate it when someone, you know, asks you to do something that you know you can't do, right? Like, like with me, it's you know, I'm 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 a drummer, but I'm not a, a like a two bass drum kind of drummer. So if someone asks me to play "Hot for Teacher" by Van Halen, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, I can't do it, and I know I can't do it. It's kind of like OKC and Golden State, right, in the semifinals. You know, it's like asking them to, to be Golden State, right? 
<laughs> Listen to her too soon. Too soon. Sorry. Or, and, and this is cutting close to my home, it's like the, asking the Dodgers to beat the Cardinals in the postseason, right? It's just, it's, it's not happening right now, okay? I get it. So, but this guy has to be thinking, man, you know, if this guy's telling me to get up and he knows that I can't walk, he's telling me to get up and walk, that this man intends to make it possible. And Jesus is building trust with this man at this point in time. But now he also, it's also going to take some faith on the part of the guy that's been laying there for 38 years. And faith not in his own efforts, but faith in, in Jesus that he doesn't know yet that this is Jesus. So Jesus begins to, to work this relationship with this man. And how many of you know when you're building relationships with people, trust is, is the number one thing that you got to have. You got to have and build trust for any relationship to be healthy. Amen. So the guy's saying, man, if this guy's going to help me, I have to do what he tells me to do. And that's what we need to do this morning is that when Jesus says, get up and walk, we got to walk. When he says, quit doing this thing, whatever it is, we got to quit. And when he says, stop acting this way, we need to stop. And just like when PT was talking about last week with the, this urgency to read our Bible and to get on this, on this reading plan together, we need, we need to get on that plan. We need to be into God's word daily. So obviously it was Jesus's will that this man should do what he told him to do. And the moment that that man's will aligned with the Lord's will, the power was there. He began to feel strength in his, in his legs and in his bones and the muscles began to, to get better. And all of a sudden he could stand. He knew he could stand. So he did it. So then he stands up and Jesus told him to pick up his mat, right? Pick up your mat and walk. Now, why would he tell him, you know, Hey, pick it, pick your mat up. Why didn't he just say, Hey, walk, get out of here. You're, you're healed be gone have a, have, a, have a great day right but he's saying something important to those of us that need to be healed or need to get healthy from something when he says to pick up the mat he's saying don't make a way for a relapse don't allow a way to fall back to where you were don't make excuses don't leave the bed there just in case you don't you know you're not able to walk again don't leave the bottle there just in case. Don't keep a secret number just in case. You know, I'm healed, but I better leave this bed here because I might need it tomorrow, right? Jesus tells the man, get up, which is something that he can't do on his own. Pick up his mat. There's no going back at this point. Get up and walk. Don't expect to be carried, but walk. Don't rely on someone else. Walk on your own. So if, if Jesus is the one that gives you the power to rise, he is the one that can give you the power to walk every day, to keep going, to not quit when you want to quit, to stand up, to pick up your mat and walk. Amen? So this is so important to see, man, just you know, just where this point is just between you and Jesus. Your eyes are not on your friends or on yourself, but your eyes are on him. And then the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, 
12, 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. And that is how this man was able to keep going at this point. So the, so the word walk, when we look at that, the Hebrew word for walk is halak. And it means to go, to walk. Your, and it can also mean your manner of life, how you live. So with that, if we look at the word walk that way and, and the origins of that word, it says, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So that manner of life, how you live, right? Go and stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. That means that our third point of getting healthy, you have to want, you have to walk, and you have to wave. You got to wave goodbye to the old to the old thing that was there. You got to want it, you got to walk, and you have to wave. Now, uh, I'm a Netflix uh, binge watcher, and... Uh, yeah, amen. I got an amen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, uh, but the mixture of things that I'll watch, it's either going to have something to do with rock and roll or wrestling, right? Which, <laughs> so I came to, to the Memphis area in 91, 1991, and I knew it was the place for me because you got the king of rock and roll and you got Jerry the King Lawler, Right. Rock and roll and wrestling. Hey, what what more do you need, right? So anyway, so I watched this uh, uh, <laughs> watched this documentary called "The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts." Come on, right? So uh, there we go, right on, Jake the Snake, man. Now, WrestleMania three, ninety thousand people, nineteen eighty seven. Jake the Snake Roberts is wrestling. He was at the top of his game. You know, it was he was he was unbelievable. People looked up to him. He was a mentor to other wrestlers in the business. Um, he he would teach people. But then, after that after that time period, he began a, uh, to get into substance abuse and alcohol. And man, these guys, you know, they take a toll on their bodies and. They get addicted to painkillers, and 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 it's a kind of a tragic kind of kind of way of life for some of these guys because they put their bodies through so much stuff for our entertainment, and you know they get hooked on these different uh, pills and and whatnot to try to get through the pain. So so here he is in '87 in front of 90,000 people, WrestleMania three, top of his game. 2008, there's a video of him. He's in front of a maybe 700 people in some independent circuit. Um, and he's drunk out of his mind as he walks through the, you know, the curtain and he can't, he can't hardly perform. They had to, you know, all these people, all, all probably 700 people at that point really wanted to see him. And there were reports that there were 21 of those little airplane bottles of vodka in the back that they found that he, that he had, uh, had down. So, so this video of him on the internet surfaces and, this guy that was once, you know, the definition of a of a great entertainer back in '87, uh, now in 2008, 
he's he's just drunk out of his mind in the middle of a wrestling ring and can't do what he was supposed to do. Uh, that's what worse looked like in in Jake the Snake's life, where it says stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. He has struggled with with substance abuse for years and tried to get away from it, and he kept going back. So that's what worse looked like in Jake's life. For someone else, maybe uh, maybe drugs are alienating that person, and and it only affects one person, the person doing the substances at that point. But but then it starts to affects it affects the friendships and the relationships and family, or maybe that person ends up alone or, or even worse, dead. You know, that's what worse can look like. For a for a porn addict, maybe it only affects that one person, but then. You know, heaven forbid, you know, your son or whoever find your stash or check your history and see where you were going and follows in your footsteps. And then he spends his life addicted to pornography. That's what worse can look like. Or there's someone that just can't get over something, has bitterness just harbored up in their heart and and they just can't get over it. And it only affects that person. But then it starts to spill over into relationships eating away and 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 this person can't trust anymore and that's what worse can look like stop sinning or something worse may happen to you so then this this keeps going on and but you know back to Jake the snake here uh in 2012 my boy Diamond Dallas Page reaches out to uh Jake the snake there's DDP he's known for DDP yoga which I have bought but I haven't done it yet. I bought it back in January. So, uh, but after watching this, I got to do it, right? I've been inspired. So DDP comes along, and he's uh, this guy. He's he's awesome. He's a, a inspirational speaker, um, exercise yoga guru. He wants to help people better themselves. And so he comes into Jake's life and meets him at at, at Jake the Snake's house. And during this interview footage, when they first meet, one of the quotes that really got me from from Jake Roberts was, I had a life, but I poisoned it. He was sexually abused as a kid by his stepmom, and he was physically abused by her. So he has all this hurt and all this pain that he's having to grow up with and, and cope with. And then he ends up, you know, cocaine, doing crack addicted to alcohol and pain pills and he's totally out of shape um from the guy that was that we just saw on the screen earlier that was just buff and had a snake wrapped around him right um so they start off this relationship ddp reaches out and says hey i want to help you and they start doing ddp yoga which i promise i'm going to start doing uh and they showed a couple of about two or three weigh-ins of of Jake Roberts and the first one started he was 299 and then they did a little work and then he was 288 and they did some more work and now he's he was 278 so he's feeling better he's dropping pounds and and he's he's on his way to getting healthy so they figure the next step is Diamond Dallas Page wants to move him to Atlanta to what they call the accountability crib and he's got these other guys there that are going through the same thing and they're building each other up and helping each other. And so Jake says, yeah, I'll, I'll come out to Atlanta. I'll come out there. So after about a week, Jake finds a bottle and 
and he's, he gets drunk again. He ends up at the airport. He's going to leave. But Dallas Page says, no, I'm coming after you. I want you to stay. I want to help you out. I want you to get healthy. So he comes back, and, and you know, as I'm watching this, uh, I see where he's, you know, uh, Jake decides that, hey, I've had enough. Basically, Dallas Page is asking him, do you want to get well? And he's saying, yes, I do. So he starts attending the AA meetings. He starts using this anabuse medicine that will make him violently ill if he drinks alcohol with it. And he decides that he's going to move on. He's going to walk. He wants it, and now he's going to walk. So he has a, a big test coming up here in about a month. Uh, he has to go to Vegas to sign autographs at a, at a big show, right? And so he's, he has a booth there. He's going to sign shows. Well, <laughs> this is a huge test for him because he's going to Las Vegas for a three- or four-day weekend. But when he gets back, he has to, he takes the, the drug test that they give him, and he passes it. He's clean. They weigh him in. He's 261 pounds. He's still losing weight. He's doing awesome. Uh, then he ends up hurting his shoulder, uh, no insurance. He needs $8,000 for the surgery, and he doesn't have any money. So they put this video up on uh, Indiegogo to try to fund his surgery. And then one night, the fans get behind him, and he ends up getting $7,000 for his surgery in one evening. But one of the things that was in that video that uh, that really stood out to me was a quote that was on, on the screen, and it said, my history is not my destiny. And I think somebody here today needs to hear that. Your history is not your destiny. Where you've been doesn't, doesn't define where you're going. So then my other boy, Scott Hall, I don't know if you remember him, but he was a uh, yeah, there he is. I didn't know you had his picture in there. <laughs> Scott Hall comes in to the picture in this movie. And some of you may not know who Scott Hall is. To me, he's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. He ended up forming a group called the NWO in WCW back in the Monday Night Wars era. There's a whole, there's a video documentary on it. You got, everybody needs to go watch it. That's your homework. Uh, so Scott Hall, man, he was, he was awesome. He was great. And he makes a call to Jake and Dallas Page and says, and, he, and he's, he's bombed out of his mind and he needs some help. And these guys are talking to him and, and they, they talk him into coming to Atlanta and going through this also. And man, it broke my heart to see it. He was in a, Scott Hall was in a wheelchair. Uh, he couldn't walk. He was he was out of shape. He was in so much pain. When he would do the yoga exercises, you could hear his hip snapping, like popping in, in and out of place. It was crazy. But what I saw on here was, man, they D Dallas Page and Scott Hall, they needed each other through this to get through when they're wanting it and they're walking through this, that and one thing I just want to share with you on this is that when you get up and walk, it's going to inspire somebody else to get up and walk also. So what could have been two great tragedies ends up having a, a pretty happy ending here uh, for two guys that are following this blueprint here and that we've been studying. 
they uh, they wanted it. They walked and they waved goodbye to the old person and they did it together. So the goal to start off, the goal for um, Jake the Snake was, hey, I want to be in the Royal Rumble at the next uh, Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And for those of you who don't know what a Royal Rumble is, I'm going to break it down for you real quick. <laughs> Starts off with two guys in the ring, and then every two or three minutes, someone else comes out. You don't know who is, who's going to come out. And sometimes they'll surprise you, and some guy from way back when or whatever comes out and gets to be in the Royal Rumble. To be eliminated, you have to be thrown over the top rope. Aren't y'all glad you came to church this morning? <laughs> You got to be thrown over the top rope. The last man standing wins the Royal Rumble. So, Jake, his his goal was to be in the next Royal Rumble. But what happened was both Scott Hall and Jake the Snake were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So much bigger than what their expectation was, you know. So they follow this blueprint. And they had one expectation, but they were given another. And I'm here to tell you, man, that whatever your expectation is, whatever you're wanting to be healthy from, whatever you're walking away from, whatever you're waving to, you're going to have an expectation. God's going to exceed that expectation. All right. So, so many other things that I could get into here about, you know, like I said, it's either rock and roll or wrestling, right? So, so some of the rock and roll guys, right, they get... They, I've heard them all say, you know, it's the same story over and over, right? It's drugs and alcohol, and then they get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and they clean up, and they have this big record and, and all that good stuff. You know, so many stories like that. There's myself at work where, you know, I, was, I, was, I knew I could perform better than what my review was, was dictating. And I got tired of being the guy that wasn't getting that stellar performance review. So I, so I said, you know what? I want it. I'm going to walk away from whatever these bad habits are that I have. Then I'm going to wave goodbye to that old person. And now I'm at the, the upper end of those performance reviews, you know? Uh, I had a person that reached out to me that was upset with me over something for the last two or three years. And just recently reached out to me and said, you know what? I'm tired of not being friends with you anymore. I apologize. Can we move on? Absolutely. Absolutely we can move on. Because we serve a God of second chances. We serve a God of of third chances, of fourth, of tenth, of thirty-seven, of fifty chances. He's a loving and he's a forgiving God. And and with what we've been talking about today, I just want to uh I just want to challenge you today, whatever it is that you need to to get healthy from, to, to, uh, if there's something that, that you want, something that, uh, that you need to walk away from and something that you need to wave to. I just challenge you today to, to take those steps to, if you want the power of Jesus in your life, if you want to walk when he tells you to walk and you want to wave goodbye to the old you and say hello to the new you, man, that's my challenge to you today. Amen. Let's just uh, bow our heads, close our eyes, and...